You're listening to the Pinball Podcast. All right. It is Sunday, August 6th, 2017, and it is episode 110 of the Pinball Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm here with Jessica and... Yes. You sounded sp- unsure. <laughs> I am unsure. Um, and I, I'll get to it in a minute. But we have a special guest this uh, week. Um, we do? Yeah. Not his first time on the show, but possibly his last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused right now. That's my... That's my base state is confused. <laughs> you just baby, want me on I your this, Baby is, I believe, you're just, hoping, you're just hoping people don't read the episode description before they start playing this. <laughs> There's nothing of value in those descriptions, so no. <laughs> Join us this week. We have Bowen. Bowen, how's it going? Uh, good. I've, I've finally caught up on my sleep. I think I had maybe three hours average sleep. For an entire week, and and uh, set up to uh, set up an execution of Pinberg. Some some people on staff had even less sleep and more work than I did. And boy, I we I couldn't have asked for a better weekend and just uh, an honor to to have so many people trust us with their time and money and energy to run the best tournament we can. And we we tried. We we still have things we need to improve, but it was a good event. Yeah, I actually just watched the finals two or three nights ago um, because I, I kept up with it while I was out of town watching it on my phone and everything, but um, wasn't able to catch the stream live or anything. A uh, couple of things. The broadcast was awesome live. Um, the finals were great, but um, seeing how happy like to his core Colin was for winning, like just had me grinning ear to ear the whole time they were interviewing him and everything afterwards. And his kids were there and it was great. Um, I thought those finals were amazing. It was very, very entertaining through to the finish. Um, some great play. And I thought the machine selection in the finals were great too. It was fun. It was, it was really well done. Yeah. It would have been nice to get a little more variety in the, the banks. We barely had anyone pick the middle bank at all. Uh, partially because of uh, Hobbit just being right. a bear. And it, it's hard because with Hobbit, you think of it playing just forever, and it just really can't support a finals format. It can barely support being in a, re- a regular group. So that game got kind of torn apart, and uh, it ended up actually feeling a little too hard. Uh, I, we learned during the finals that balls were flying out of uh, one of the ramps and, and just dying. Um, in the outlane, unfortunately, so that uh, that got repaired, but it, it actually did cost at least one player their tournament life, which stinks. Like, boy, imagine playing playing for three days, and then the ball flies into the outlane off a ramp, and, and it's over, and you die. <laughs> oh, oh, I might have some things to say about machines having issues at tournaments, but we'll wait. We'll wait till later. Um. Oh, interesting. I heard you. Uh, you you uh, went to the pretty California. Much my favorite show, and <laughs> yeah. I've been involved in Cal Extreme since 1997. It was uh, just brutal to have them uh, them both land on the same weekend from convention center issues. 
Yeah, it was a little bit gutted um, either, as a result. Either event was trying to to monopolize the other or, or land on each other. Just that was the only way. And uh, hopefully that never happens again because I love both those events so much. They mm-hmm. have uh, they're very dear to me, and uh, I have been to Cal Extreme I think fifteen times maybe. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I, it was just a bummer how it shook down, but you know, again. I, I it happens once in a while. This year we had Southern Fried Game Room Expo, the Northwest Show, and Pinball Showdown all on the same weekend as well. So it's been a kind of a crazy year for stuff like that happening. But every once in a while, those uh, stars will align, I guess, and you just can't help it. But um, I'll, I'll go into that later. But I want to hear from your guys's Pinberg experiences. Obviously, Bowen, you're running around uh, mediating, and all everything you need to do. Jessica, you were there as a player. So, um, I don't know who wants to go first, but I want to go first. Yeah. I want to hear about Pinberg. (laughs) Okay. See, I was thinking that we would talk about Pinberg later because I have a lot to say about Pinberg, but, uh, but I can start first if you want me to, if you want to break it up, it's fine. But I mean, that was the, the biggest thing that happened over the last couple of weeks. So It was. Okay, okay. I'll do big picture now, right? And then we can do nitty-gritty stuff for anybody who wants to zone out on me talking about banks and games later. Okay. <laughs> that sounds fair. That sounds it was, fair. It was pretty interesting. Um, we had a huge Portland contingency there this year. There were a ton of people down. Um it was great to have so much representation. Um, my friend Leslie went for the first time, and it was nice to to see some newer players. My friend Bill went for the first time too, and um, they're both new-ish in the Portland pinball tournament scene. Um, Leslie started coming to Bell's, and um, she's just fantastic. And um, she and Bill now are like fixtures at weeklies and um that kind of thing so they're great people it was nice to see them kind of jump in head first and get to pinberg so that was really good and i mean it's so hard because there are so many people from all over that i wanted to see and hang out with and it's like there's never enough time i feel like at pinberg we need to just make it like a two-week thing bowen can you just work on that for next time <laughs> just kill well, bowen right i told now. you I, I need more sleep more sleep. Oh. Not less well, sleep. if it's stretched out over two weeks instead of four days, then you'll get plenty of sleep in between. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's buying that. It'll just get worse instead. It will be more events, more work. Uh, we're already talking about like what we need to do next year. And one of the, one of the things we need to do for next year is recruit more tournament directors. Uh, we, we have it, – it, this is very hard because you basically have to take someone who wants to play in these events – and tell them, wouldn't you rather not play? <laughs> maybe the clip, maybe if your clipboards are a little bit cooler. I don't know. Yeah, you got a you got a cool shirt. Uh, one one shirt. <laughs> you, get you get a wear cool all three one four shirt. Days. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then you get to run around and uh, uh, tell people they lose all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Telling people that their their SOL is is. Play on. Really, really entertaining. Um, yeah. Well, so I got in on Wednesday, um, late afternoon, and then um, Andre Massenkopf and I split a lift over to Kickback so that we could go register for um, pick up our 
wristbands this year instead of like lanyard type deals. It was a different wristband for every day. Um, and kickback looked cool, but I couldn't spend more than two minutes in there because they were over capacity apparently <laughs> with the tournament going on. So I made an attempt to say hello to people. So I saw Tommy, um, from this flipping podcast. Taylor was playing when I went up there before I got kicked out. <laughs> um, oh, you definitely should have said hi to him at that point. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it might have helped him at that point. Who knows? Um, and then my friend Kate was up there. So just went and did a quick hello to some people and then took a walk. Um, I was trying to find a place to eat. And there's a really good Japanese restaurant, um, like less than 10 minutes from Kickback called Umame. It was so delicious, like 100% going back there next year. I know it, you sent me pictures of that. I'm sitting at work and I'm like, cool, cool. Thanks. But no, it looked good. Um, I had the best Chawanmushi ever and they had a Japanese tiki drink. So I'm totally going to attribute all of my performance-based accolades to the readiness of tiki drinks nearby to where I was playing or uh, just happened to be standing. So inside the convention center, they had tiki drinks. And I was just like, this is, no, this is very bad. But it ended up being pretty good. So, um, you know, it was a it was a convention center version of a tiki drink. But, man, I drank it. Um <laughs> So, and then some friends from the Bay, like uh, Russ and Shannon came by the Japanese place too. I was messaging them and we had a whole little group of us there. Um, and well, I was testing was hundreds of pinball machines all day and not aware of any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Would you feel worse if you'd been invited and had to say no or just uh, better to be unaware? I, I think that being unaware, I mean, I'm aware. I know this is happening. I know, <laughs> I know that only people are going to kick back because... I I can hear that they're going to do it, and they're. I had a couple of people ask me if I was going to kick back without really thinking hard about uh, the fact that I cannot go. <laughs> um, I mean, they, they, the good side of it is that uh, I think at around 10 p.m., the convention center kicks us all out and puts in the overnight security uh, in. Ah. So there wasn't actually. I wasn't there like 24 hours straight. Uh, I, um, I got kicked out at 10 and then had to you know, walk it's like, it's like a 10 minute walk from the, from the uh, convention center to the Omni hotel. It's a pretty nice walk. It's a good, good head clearing walk. It's a good walk, but man, I really liked being able to run back to the room at the Westin in between rounds. If I had one that went a little bit shorter and just get a little quiet time it was pretty valuable for me. Um, I know I stayed a night at the Omni last year and it's a really nice hotel. Um, but it just wins out for me, the convenience of being across the street. So Weston for me. Um, and then, so that was the first night tried to kind of be low key with it, which may or may not have worked. And then, um, when I actually got to the Weston and went to check into my room, go into the elevator. They've got these weird elevators where you have to put your floor number outside <laughs> of the actual elevator, which I completely forgot several times that trip. And then we'd get into the elevator and be like, crap. And like, have to go back out and push the button and then maybe get back in that elevator, but maybe a different elevator. Um, so anyway, I figured it out, enter my floor, walk in, someone walks in behind me and they say, are you Jessica? 
I was like, yes. And it was Rob who brought my evil Knievel. Yeah. We never met in person. So it was really cool that the first person I saw when I got there was Rob. Um, and then the other people in the elevator are like, why does he know who she is? But she doesn't know who he is. Weirdness. <laughs> um, but yeah, evil Knievel, he got it, you know, delivered. It was in the backup bank. It was all the way down at the end. So the first day, he like he's like, let me show you where it is. And like we run over there in the morning before the tournament starts. And of course, I can't play it because it's in the tournaments. <laughs> so I finally get to see my uncle's machine that's going to make its way to me. And I could not lay hands on it. It was really... It was really frustrating. I wanted to play it so bad, but I did eventually. So got to see that. Everyone's got first aid jitters and getting ready for things to start. And um, my very first group of the day, Chris Stevens was in my group. And I was like, all right, well, we are off to a running start. <laughs> well, uh, uh, do you know you know the story of uh, Chris Stevens from that? I do. Uh, so I do. You're going to get to that or I should, but... Uh, just, just know that uh, uh, you you earned Whopper points from this tournament, and he didn't. Oh, oh! I didn't know that that was an entire thing. I thought it was just for the round. It is for the round, which has consequences from the IFPA perspective. Interesting. Do you do you just want to talk about it since we're saying things about it oh, now? I like. I assume everyone in the world knows about this. Uh, oh, I haven't even heard about this one. So, so Chris was in, uh, going into round nine, Chris was in a, a qualified position. Uh, he was um, about maybe 35th, 40th, I think. And uh, we come back from dinner break, and he's missing. And he didn't show up for his group for about 25 minutes uh, until after the session started. Unfortunately, that means you lose all your games in that, in that round. Um, which knocked him from 32nd, 35th place to 150th place. Um, he was unable to recover in the, the final round. And it's really just a sad situation. And I think that he believed that the, the round started at, at a different time than it did. That's uh, what he told me. He was actually in the convention center. Oh, even that's as we, the worst. Even as we were trying to get his attention, he was in the convention center playing other games in the hall. And then came over and it was like, it's too late, man. It's already too late. Oh. I have to say, like, Chris's attitude towards that situation, which is what was one of the most negative situations I saw for any player in the whole event, he was just incredibly class, classy about it. Um, where you, you would expect someone in that situation to just get super angry. And that was the opposite of his reaction. It, was, it really just speaks to his character that uh, he was able to handle that really tough situation extremely well. Man, that that hurts. That's rough. But yeah. I'm, I'm glad he took it well. Um, he, he's obviously been around to understand, you know, the rules and all that stuff. But being that he was there, that, that sucks. But oh, dang. It's the worst. I, can't, I mean, I can't imagine. I just, like, I want to help. And I, there's nothing to help. It's just like, that's it. There's nothing I can do. In fact, that's probably better from from a the perspective of the organizer to to not have anything they can do to to change the rules or push push something into the advantage of a player. That would not be fair to everybody else. But there's somebody else who got into the finals because of that. 
Um, and I, I want, I want to say it was Derek Thompson, um, from Canada who got the 40th position. that would not have otherwise existed. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how, um, how fast you can fall in Pinberg with just a bad round, but missing one is just a death sentence. I mean, that's crazy. So. Yeah. Bummer. Um, yeah. So day one, I was off to a really rough start in the morning. Um, I got three points, then four points, then three uh, points. They're, they're wins, wins, three wins. Wins. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Three of a possible 12 wins in my round. My morning was abysmal and I just needed to kind of shake it off and get myself back into, I don't know, a mindset where I was having a good time. That was then, what, so you had through three rounds when you went to dinner. I mean, I've just got the, I've got the freaking site right here. See. Uh, you were 10 and 22. Yeah. And you were in 777th position. So lucky, <laughs> very lucky position to be in. Wait. <laughs> what was that? that? She was having, she was uh, having a little bit of a breakdown at that point. So I thought I'd. <laughs> I don't there, there might have been some talking off the ledge. Going there, okay, there was a little bit. So I went to lunch. <laughs> um, I went to lunch with Tommy and Taylor, and John Costin from Australia, who I finally got to meet in person. He's amazing, super sweet guy. Um, we went to the meatball place that everybody kept talking about last year because I found out they had veggie balls. Oh wait, speaking of balls, we haven't mentioned <laughs> Mufti yet. Oh, that's right. Um, they've this, got this whole got conversation. <laughs> tangent that we're going off on is brought to you by nifty led it certainly is <laughs> and wow. you know they were super good dudes over the weekend um ryan claytor friend of the show ryan claytor of elephant eater comics um it was his dad's birthday and they put together kind of like a series of things that um were like life memories for him um i believe he turned 70 and one of the things that they wanted to have was a pinball machine. And so uh, Nifty LED, they lent their uh, genie, the second nicest genie um, in the West, <laughs> to, to be played uh, at the event. So, yeah, they got that out for them, and uh, that apparently went well. That has nothing to do with sponsorship, but they do also support the show. Um, obviously, they have LEDs. They've got some tools and as mentioned by jessica a moment ago they've got balls um one thing worth pointing out uh the premium vegetarian balls they do not have vegetarian balls um the uh premium shiny pinballs that everybody loves have been kind of in short supply lately but they still have them and i just ordered some so if you like those and you love getting magnetized balls no i actually haven't had any issues with those magnetizing but you can get those from them still, and uh, check them out, niftyled.com. All oh, right. Good good catch there. Now regularly scheduled uh, Pinberg rambling. Right. Um, so vegetarian balls and crisis. Vegetarian balls. Um, yeah, just hanging out with, with people. And John Chad actually posted something on Instagram. He drew a little um, message of encouragement to his friends who were at Pinburg and tagged a bunch of us in it. And it was really sweet of him. It was nice to hear that you were kind of watching from afar, even though you were 
involved in your Cal Extreme stuff and he sent that little message of support, which actually was really helpful. It kind of picked me up and was like, oh, that's right. I have good friends that I've met through this and this is actually fun. So um, when I came back from the dinner break, um, this is kind of the opposite of what I did last year. Last year I did really well in the morning and then after dinner I tanked. Um, this year I went from having three points, four points, three points to in round four, I got 10 points, which was doubling the amount of points I had already. (laughs) As much in round four. So what did you, what did you play in round four? Did, was it about the games? Was it about the, the, the mindset? What, what changed for you? Okay, so round four, I played um, Attack from Mars, which I did terrible on, but I did really well on Super Straight, Grand Lizard, and Black Pyramid. Hmm. So. That's a very odd bank that that's nice to pull through and do well on. Yeah, no, I felt really good about it. Um, And then I got an eight on my next round, which was. No Fear, Space Mission, Funhouse, and $6 million Man. So my evening was way better than my morning. Um, My first bank was Tron, which I tanked. Soundstage, which I'd never even seen before. Um, I was playing TX Sector with someone whose best friend owned one. And everyone else could dial in the left spinner shot except for me. (laughs) So I was kind of... Kind of toasted at that point. And Future Spa, which I was super excited about. Um, second player in, the game went down. And then oh. we got to the backup bank. So I was previously very excited to play on Future Spa. Didn't really work out. Um, and then round two was Dirty Harry, Jumping Jack, which I know, but it's hard to get a hold of where the ball's actually going to go into that scoop up top. So... That was kind of a crapshoot. I did really well on fire, and then we played solar fire in that one too. Four points, not great. And that was, then that was the bank that used to be nothing but games on fire. Mm. I sensed half a theme. And and no no fear was the first one in that one, right? Yeah. So we we were gonna call that no fire. For <laughs> wait, fire so what was the other game that would have been fire themed? And uh, I I don't remember jumping. Mm. Jack, obviously, you set jumping jacks on fire, right? <laughs> obviously, jack in the boxes are meant to be set on fire. They're scary. Um, it's a stretch, but I'll allow it. <laughs> definitely a stretch. And then my other three point round was Wheel of Fortune, which uh, man, I was so mad because I know how to play that game. Um, doozy. <laughs> Shack Attack and Centaur, and Shack Attack is the worst thing. No, it's bad. no way, man. Shack Attack so is awesome. It's so bad. Shack Attack is Shack Attack is the source of all of the best pinball quotes. <laughs> yeah. the basket. Oh god. Well, that was the other thing. Like, I was excited to play TX Sector, but then the volume was so low. Like, it was super quiet, and it was right near a fishtails that had the volume cranked. So, like, all I could hear. There is a clear thing that you need to do in that situation, which is to go to the lights that are at the end of each row. (laughs) Push the lights, get our attention, and yes, that that is worth a trip to uh, turn TX Sector back to its proper volume, which is 
blazingly loud. Okay, well, now I know for next year, I didn't want to waste anybody's time. I'm like, a tech's going to laugh at me, but man, I just want to listen to this game. Oh, we'll, we'll make sure we get that right before next time. We'll turn it back up. Perfect. Who turned it down? We really, how is it possible? <laughs> and who turned up Fishtails? Fishtails is awesome. Well, it doesn't need to be awesomely loud. Okay. Unless, I don't know, maybe maybe you think it does. In which case, that's fine. It wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was kind of in like a weird place where I was like, well, maybe I'll be on the cusp of possibly making it into C. And I had actually been asking, Taylor and I were looking at the kind of rules that were sent out versus the rules that were on the website of for D division last year, you're, you set back to zero the next day. So like if you were sorted into D division after your first day of play, the next day in D you started zeroed out. So it was clean slate. And then apparently there was something saying, no, that your points carried over. And so I was asking Bo and I was like, I don't know which one is correct but we were trying to find information on it and it did reset, but we thought it didn't. So we were trying to like kick ass at the end of the day, which is good. I'm glad that I did. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to be in a bad spot in D, but um, like after the last round was over, I just walked around with some friends and played games that were often like the open section for the rest of the convention. Cause I was like, okay, Thursday night's the best time to do this before weekend people come in. Mm -hmm. um, and at one point I was going to check something on the games that I had played and it had our next matches up already. And then it showed me that I was in C and I was just like, I couldn't believe that it actually had happened. So I was super stoked just to make it into C because that's already better than I did last year. Nice. Um, yeah. So it was really, it was really good. Um, I got to spend some time with my Oakland Bells the following day, which was great. Um, Jen St. Hilaire and Ellen Frankel were there, and um, we went and found a more like quieter spot to go have our dinner break and just have a drink and relax. And we thought it was a really good sign because the particular restaurant slash bar that we were in had all their beers up on this big chalkboard, and they you know drew little pictures or logos to go with each of the beers. And one of them had um, a beer that was by Bell's Brewing. And the logo little thing that they had drawn looked like a pop bumper. So we were just like, this is a good sign. <laughs> like, we're welcome here. Um, and you were, you were the, you beat, you beat a bunch of really good players uh, throughout uh, those sessions before dinner on the second day too. So. Yeah, second day was, someone had told me, all right, so you know, I, basically my Pinberg information, it's all people saying, well, last year, if you did this, you got this. Oh, no, my connection has failed. Connection has failed? My my connection has failed, too. My, it's, it's retrying. retrying. Voip. Does, that, does that mean we lost Jeff? Jeff is typing in the chat room right now. Oh no.
Alright. <laughs> I think we're all back, right? Jeff's dog ate his podcast homework. Yeah, so Ridley, my lovable golden retriever, decided to, for some reason, walk behind the couch, which is really tight to the wall. I didn't even think he could fit back there. And as he did that, he stepped on the surge protector, <laughs> and everything went black all at once. Lovely. So, so at, uh, at the end of at the end of I forget what round it was, whether it was round six or round seven, on uh, the second day we had one group that went super long uh, because they were they had malfunctions and they were playing Game of Thrones forever. Uh, it was it was not nightmarish, but it, it was like ten or fifteen minutes beyond, and. I'm just stuck on stage basically playing music out of my phone and trying to find what, what music is associated with waiting. <laughs> all game show music all the time. So it was all game show music all the time. And then, and then me, and then also baby elephant walk. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But, uh, it was just like, what? okay, what, what is, what can I do to just vamp and entertain people vaguely for 15 minutes? So they don't just get pissed off at all of us for, for making them late. Um, um that actually turns out to be like the most important reason why Pinberg is successful. That we start on time, we run on time, we end on time. We don't mm-hmm. mess around and leave people with hours like of waving their hands at the organizers wondering when things are going to happen. Yeah. You guys do a really good job of things. What what's the name of the Jeopardy the final Jeopardy song? Uh it's called the Jeopardy Think Music. Jeopardy Think Music. Okay, that's it's the very, ultimate waiting very song. Exciting isn't it? Name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that song has made uh, millions of dollars for its writer. I, I <laughs> it, bet. It's used at uh, baseball games, game. other yeah. stadiums. <laughs> anytime there's some some conversation or or talk. And uh, who wrote that song? Um, Is this a question on Jeopardy? Yes. Oh, okay, it isn't because that was a that was phrased in the form of a question already. Um, it was Merv Griffin. Oh, really? Okay. And Good old Merv. He wrote, he wrote all that. He wrote all that stuff. He wrote the Wheel of Fortune theme. He wrote the Jeopardy theme. He wrote. Nice. It's pretty weird, as you don't think of him as a music writer. Maybe he isn't. He just was like, you know what? Whoever writes this could make a lot of money. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> Pretty iconic music there. Um, yeah, so second day. Okay. Yes, yeah, second let's, day. Let's go back to day two. You were, so so you were already in the middle of your second day at the uh, at dinner, right? You were you had already coasted at dinner in good position, drinking beer. Crushed the beginning of day two. Drinking beers with bells. Well, so day two, I started on... Um, it was an interesting bank. It was on stage. I played on stage twice last year. Um, so this one was Aerosmith, which... Uh, I'm not a massive fan of. Hey, I'm becoming more of a fan of that game as time goes on. But okay, but wait, it got way better than that. Um, Liberty Bell. Yeah, I like. Oh yeah, I like that. Uh, Strange Science, which I had never played before. Strange Science, that's the good stuff. Okay, but we're going to talk about that, Bo, and we have a we have a bone to pick with Strange Science. Oh, we had some lock stealing, didn't we? (laughs) Okay. Um, And then Flight 2000, which I adore. Yeah. I love that game so much. So I had played Flight 2000 at my friend Sean's house um, in the Bay when I was in San Francisco. I stayed there, and he has like a crazy, amazing collection of games in his garage. And I played Flight 2000 and fell in love with it, and it went on my list of games that I want to buy. 
oh no, Tesla is like walking very close to the surge protector. Uh-huh. And I'm like, is there a conspiracy theory with our pets where they don't want us to record right Axel, now? Axel, come on in. Axel, get in here. <laughs> um, so I crushed Play 2000. I felt so good about it. It was really fun to play that game again. I adore it. Um, and Liberty Bell went well, Aerosmith, whatever. But Strange Science. So I was really stoked just to play this game. Um, because the Borg has mentioned previously that they want to own one, and I mentioned how I had never even seen it. So just to, to see it and lay hands on it was great. Um, and I knew that there was lock stealing, but I knew literally nothing about the game, aside from that, which someone had just mentioned to me from the group previous. <laughs> so we go up, and we're all just kind of fumbling around, because none of us have ever played this machine. Um, and then... I think it was ball two, one of the people that we were playing with. None of us had locked balls to this point. Let's just just put that out there. She locks one ball and starts a five ball multi-ball at 12 times play field. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because basically, not only... You win, you win shot. Right. Um, because not only do locks carry over between players in a single game... They carry over between games. So none of us had locked a ball. She locked one single ball and had the game. Yeah. Which sucks. Like, it was so... We were all sitting there like, what the hell did you just do? And none of us even knew about the game to know what had happened. We're just like, how did you get 12 times play field? (laughs) That was incredible. Right. So it was... It was unpleasant. The fact that it carries over game to game, I really wish that there was some way to indicate that because, man, that sucked. It was really uh, rough. There, there is, actually. Well, for, there's two ways. One, you could actually look at the lock and see how many balls are in there. Okay, uh, but we didn't know that other, that was the lock or, you know, just none of us knew it at all. The other is that between games, it will actually flash on the screen how many balls are in the lock and to, to try and encourage people to play it. You'll say, like, four atoms in Atom Smasher. And uh, in that case, the uh, next one is, is good to go. We I, I looked through the settings of that game trying to see if I could clear the lock at the end of each game. And I don't think it was possible to do so. We would mm. def- we would have done that if we could. Uh, unless I, I just botched it and couldn't figure it out. But uh, fortunately for you, it didn't matter, right? 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 I, I mean, I didn't win that game. But, um, you know, it was, it was fun to play. I played it later, um, and did finally get the multiple going, which is really cool. I super enjoy it and I would love to play that game again. I wish there was one in town. Um, but right now there's not. So I ended up, you know, enjoying it after the fact, but at the time was not super pleased. (laughs) but it was a good bank. It was fun people that I played with. Um, there was a gal, Amy, who was in that group with me, and she and I ended up hanging out a little bit. The you know I forget if it was later that night or the next day, and played a couple games together. And she's super sweet. Yeah, it was terrific. Yeah, um, and then my next group, the second day, was the most fun group I had all weekend. I have to say, I don't know what it is um, that changed from last year to this year, but last year I had a lot of people who were kind of like being dicks or being cocky or, 
you know, kind of being really negative in groups or not terribly friendly or making inappropriate comments or whatever. Those, I did not have those, any those of cocky, that. The cocky dicks in D division. They do. That's, that's <laughs> unfortunate. That's the worst type of cocky dicks. Not only am I cocky about my play, I don't actually have the, uh, the statistics to back it up. I like, I like how you're saying I'm going to run into B level players. Definitely not. But, uh, yeah, no, last year there were quite a few people who pulled the, there was the one guy who walked up as I was plunging the ball on stars. I had the shooter rod pulled back in my hand and he walked up next to me and he's like, you know, I'd be okay with showing you how to play this game. Oh, Jesus Christ. Or like telling you how to play this game. And I was like, no, like, what? who are you? Where did you come from? And then he was like, well, you just, and starts to tell me. And I was like, I said no. And then he like puts his hands up like, whoa, little lady, and like backs away. I was kind of laughing. And I was like, what the hell? Just awful. Oh, it was terrible. Um, Only we had the data to figure out one of three people this might be. Oh, I know exactly who it is. And I know. I know people that are you don't have to say who it is, but the world can actually figure out but with within three people <laughs> who it was because we have all the records of every round of what you played. It's funny, I had met him once previously, which he definitely didn't remember, which is fine. But then I sent a message to like two people who were friends with him and I was just like, Cool, what's his deal? He needs to stop this. And they're like, Oh, it's just how he is and I'm like, No, that's not no. that's not an appropriate response to that. But thanks for trying. But this year, there was none of that. Like, everyone was so nice. There was one group where I had one person who was really, um, he ended up being, like, really, really down on himself. And I was trying to, like, find a positive or, you know, just present something maybe that he could focus on that was good about the day. And he just wasn't feeling it. But I we talked later and he was like, I appreciate you trying to do that for me. And sorry, I was so like in my own head and I'm just like, man, like we're all there. I get it. Um, but you know, we're here to have a good time first and foremost. We're here because we love playing pinball and sure it's frustrating if we're not doing really well. Like I got frustrated with myself the last day, but, um, it's nice to, to kind of be able to find something that's going well or some part that you can enjoy. And that was definitely way easier with the people who I had, um, in my groups, they were fantastic. So, um, my second set of games, I was playing Goldeneye, Hotline, Fishtails and Firepower. That's uh, probably worth remembering for, wait, you played those twice. Yeah, I did. Oh, interesting. That's it. Yeah. Slightly different. It changed a little bit the next day, I think. But um, so I was in this group with um, three guys, Nick, Ben, and Alex. And um, Ben is actually from Portland, Maine. So we like every round, I feel like we did introductions. We asked where everybody was from. Like it was way more conversational. I loved it. Like Things were really, really good this year. Um, So we were chatting and we're like, okay. I was like, Portland on Portland rivalry. Like, this is going down. (laughs) Just trying to find something, like, fun and interesting to to chat about. And he was like, well, I'm from the original. And I was like, well, they realized they hadn't done it right the first time. So they had to have the second Portland. Just, like, shit talking, but not actually shit talking. Just really having a fun time together, which was so cool. And everyone in my group was super fun to play games with, super fun to watch playing. Like, you know, everyone had their little, you know, 
play style where it was like a little crazy, but like super fun. And we just all enjoyed each other's company throughout the round, which was awesome. Um, and I had my closest game, I think ever that I've ever, ever had in a tournament, um, of firepower. So I was player one and Ben was player two. So ball three, I end up with one thirty one five fifty, which I love firepower and I can do way better than that. But I was like, okay, for our group and how the game was set up, it was fine. It wasn't stellar. He's like hot on my heels. So he finishes his game and he's got 131.520. 30 points off from catching me. So, of course, the whole group is like, oh, like so close. And we're all kind of commiserating. And, you know, whenever you have a close call like that, I think it brings you closer to the person you're playing, even if you're frustrated with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, when we finish the game, I take a picture of our scores go and write everything down and we're choosing position for the next game. So he goes to take a picture of the score so that he has one for his records too. And he's like, um, guys, (laughs) and we look up, uh, the display for player one, instead of saying one thirty one five fifty, now says one thirty one five hundred. So 50 points have vanished off of my score. Like, I, wait, what? Like, we all saw what the score was. I had the picture of what the score was. But a minute later, when he took his picture, it was literally, it was 1253 was my picture and 1254 was his. It went from me winning by 30 points to me losing by 20. And we were so confused. So we call a tournament director over. We're just like, hey, and show them the pictures and the timestamps and we're like we don't know what happened so the tournament director's response was that's awesome <laughs> kind we're of like is. cool so what actually happens in this case and he's like no he's like well you have the original score recorded and we're like yes and he's like yep that's it but i still had no idea what happened and Subsequently, people online have talked about, you know, when it goes into attract mode, the high score to date will flash over player one's score. And sometimes, apparently, it'll pick up a digit from the high score to date, superimposing it over the actual score of the player who was just there. That's crazy. Yeah, I had no idea how that was possible. That's insane. That's just... But that... See, but that opened up that whole discussion of, like... um, Shadow and Arabian Nights, where um, they use two different fonts for scores and stuff on the display. And apparently, if you have a score that has a seven in it, when it goes into like the the new font after the game is finished, sevens show as sixes. Yeah, on Arabian, it's at it's the end of game font when it shows you all four player scores, which is just disastrous. Right uh, on Shadow, it's the font that they the little tiny font they show at the beginning of each ball when it's showing you like here's your skill shot opportunities. That when it flashes back to the regular font, it's it's all fixed. But then someone can look and go like, hey, hey, wait a minute, I had this much, now I have this much, now I have that much. What the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just one of those bizarre quirks. The other bizarre quirk like that, that sometimes happens is if one of the Six-digit displays isn't connected just right. Uh, it can ignore parts of the number 
that it's being fed. Like for example, it can only show even numbers. I've seen that happen what? a couple times where it can only show even numbers or only show odd numbers. I forget which one it was, but like the connector that sends it the bits of information just isn't working to send the correct bit for the the one for like the ones, uh, and so it never shows that. It always gives even numbers or odd numbers, and then you'd see it in action. You'd see the score go like sixty thousand two twenty. Then it hits a bumper and nothing happens. Then it hits another, and it's another bumper, and it's sixty thousand four twenty, and uh, the score is still correct, like internally in the in the system, but then when it loads up to the display, it just uh, botches it. I, I just I could I do not understand exactly how that happens, but some people are like, oh yeah, yeah, we see this all the time. Like, what? <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Uh, and stuff like that happens with the score reels on EM sometimes. It's it's kind of a nightmare from the, the tournament perspective of making sure that the scoring is right. Because, gosh, imagine if, if you hadn't written down those scores right away. You right. lost. Uh, and that would have sucked. But you would never have known that you didn't lose. So I guess it would be okay. See, I think that... If the scores are further apart, I think it's more of an issue. Obviously, we all knew when we were 30 points apart after he finished his ball. We all saw it. But if people, you know, thought they had a more comfortable lead and it's going to change a number over, that's going to, you know, make a huge difference. Very bad. That sucks. It makes so, me wonder, like, how many how many games are wrong? Like, yeah. is it 0.1%? Is it more? Is it less than that? Where, like... The game gets played, and whoever actually scored the most points is not the winner because the game is it screwed up its counting, or the EM reel didn't work, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, bet it happens. I'll bet it happened. We had three ties. <laughs> You're talking about eight thousand games of pinball. Were those all on EMs? They were not. Uh, they at least I think two out of three were on. Uh, on solid state machines, early solid state. Like interesting. Uh, we try to That's take crazy. We try to take pictures whenever this is high because, like, oh my god, right? And, but it's actually happened every year. We've won Pinburg seven years. There has been at least one tie every single year for seven years. Wow. And then they they play off one more ball to see who wins. But just just to have that score be a tie, it's like yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I I had a situation where we were playing in league and you'd play two matches against each other and the way it works is you get a point for each win and then um you get another point for point differential but in game one i scored exactly what he scored in game two and he did the inverse so we we tied in a two-game series by having mirror scores it was absolutely crazy um yeah, I, I explained that in the most confusing way possible. Basically, his game two, he scored the same as my game one. My game one was the same as his game two, and it was really crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's it was super interesting. It definitely kept us on our toes. We were paying attention to everything at that point. So, yeah, so day two after a better start. So I had a seven and a nine. Someone told me I had to average six 
to make it to top 40 and see. So in my head, I just changed that six to seven, much like uh, the opposite of uh, Arabian Nights. (laughs) (laughs) I just did the opposite of that. So I was like, okay, I need to get sevens because I, in my head, I had to say that instead. So I got a seven and a nine. And then the next group I got put up on, I was like, you have to be kidding me. It's the bank that I took a one on last year. Um, with Dark Knight, Freedom, Vegas, and Force 2. Same exact bank that I took a one on. So I was like, okay, I need to do way better than I did last year on these games. Um, And we started... Did we start on Force 2? I won Force 2, which felt really good. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I have already done three times better than I did on this bank last year. (laughs) Um, and I ended up with six points, so I didn't do great overall, but I felt, you know, that I got a little bit of redemption on it from last year, but please, Bowen, do not let the software put me on that bank again next year because I will. I, uh, I have a little bit. You have, <laughs> you, have, uh, you have roughly a 10 and 75 chance of being put on that bank next year. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> um, so that was my, that was my low point that day. So after that, I was like, anything after that is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I had to play um, Breakshot, Cardwiz, Pinbot, and Alien Poker. Um, I took a zero on Alien Poker. It was my first game in the bank. And I was like, well, I need to do way better than this. And I... Pinberg was interesting. So, like, there were a few moments of, there's always drama, right? There's always going to be something. So I had, like, a drama moment before I walked up to that bank and then I obviously played really poorly. So then I said to myself, okay, I need to just walk away from this for a second, right? Like I just need to, I know that I'm going to be player four on break shot. So I just need to like go clear my head, shake this off. So I walked over to the double danger booth to collect some high fives from Robert and uh, Jack was sitting there and I was like, I just took zero on that game. I just need to reset myself. He's like, what are you playing next? And I was like, break shot. And he's like, cool, do this. Yep. So I went back up to break shot and I did that and I won. <laughs> I was like, cool. Uh, I like this strategy. So then in between yeah, super, every game. Super Q, was it super Q all day? Because super Q is awesome. I just like hearing that game shout super Q over and over again. But no, you didn't do that. I did not. I don't even know what that is on that game. What did you play? I mean, two, ball, two ball multiballs? Oh, I played multiballs, but I don't remember. I thought it was three ball because there's three balls that you lock in that middle thing, right? Yeah, you can do a two ball multiball or a three ball multiball, and they're both really Ooh. valuable. Uh, okay. So either way, you you get paid. And so if you're just going for multiball, good things happen. Yeah, it worked, it worked well for me. Um, so that was way more satisfying. Um, So I took an eight in that group. And then my last bank, I had to play 24 Miss O. Um, And then we were supposed to play the data East star Trek, but it was down. So we went and played, I think it was like a mini zipper flipper EM situation. I don't usually like those, but I won this one and felt really good about it. I don't remember what it was called. That doesn't make sense, but that's okay because you would have we were replaced with a game from the same era as Data East Star Wars. It wouldn't have been a it wouldn't have been an EM. Okay, well, 
But you so won. I had to play you won, two... so it don't matter. <laughs> I had to play two games in replacement banks. Uh-huh. And one of them, the one for Future Spa was also an EM. And the one for Star Trek was an EM. I had Both of my backup bank games were EMs. Okay, that that uh, that is a total failure of the tournament staff. <laughs> that shouldn't have that shouldn't be what's happening when you replace a uh, a game four. Now it's possible that people might come over there and say like it's our second game, and then we go, oh, that means you're going to an EM. Blah blah blah. Uh, so that's that's definitely worth knowing about. I wonder mm. if it happened to anyone else because. The two games you're saying, I mean, you you obviously seem to have absolute perfect memory for all the games you play, which is nuts to me. Um, but uh, for then the two games to go down to be not EMs, mm-hmm. the replacement games should also should have not been EMs. That's that's not right. Okay. Uh, so well. we blew it, but you you still won. So <laughs> whatever, whatever crapshoot game you got taken to, you you beat the crap out of it. Okay. Uh, Good. Very yeah. good. And um, that, that round nine, you said you, you lost the first game and then you went eight wins. Yeah. That and means- the same thing happened um, in my 10th group. I lost the first game and then got eight wins. That's, in, that's outstanding. First, that's outstanding. And what, what is it about the first game? It's just like you, you're not waking up on the group yet or you're uh you don't realize you have to kick ass or you just bad luck. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's interesting that they happened in a row. So, you know, alien poker, I'm like, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling ready for this. Like my head was somewhere else. So yeah. I just need to go distract myself and then come back to it. So then when it happened in the next group, I was like, cool, I just need to walk away from this, distract myself and come back. And I did the same thing. So Whatever it is that stuck in my head previously, I managed to kind of get past that. So next next time you play Pinberg, you're going to pretend you've already lost the first game before you ever go to a bank? Right. Yeah, I guess that's how that's <laughs> going to go. make any finals. Yeah, I don't, really, I don't really know how that works. But, yeah. But I did, so... I thought that I did like, okay. That day I was like, all right, I've averaged seven at least. And people said I needed to average six to make it in. Um, but then I found out that I had tied going into finals day for 13th. So qualified 13th for C, which I was so excited about, like blew my mind. And then I found out that I got a buy first round and I was like, what is happening? Just like heads and tails so far above what I did last year. I just felt really good about things, like really, really good about things. Um, and then it was like almost instantaneous. So I, you know, have the Pinberg website up on my phone all weekend and checking in on my banks and seeing who's played the games that I'm going to play. Um, and just like reached out to people, which was so helpful. Like I didn't open pin tips once because that website and I like, I don't, I know other people find it valuable and that's great. But for me, I think it tends to like steer me in a wrong direction sometimes, or I get too laser focused on one of the things they're talking about. So I would just find friends of mine who had played the bank before and just say like, okay, tell me one thing that's super valuable or whatever. 
um, like Goldeneye, I just messaged Tommy and I was like, cool, what do I do on Goldeneye? And he told me two things. I did those two things and it crushed it. So I'm like, I feel really good about this. <laughs> um, so that was, that was like very positive for me. Plus it increased the social aspect, which is very valuable to me at the show as I discovered. Um, so I have, you know, the Pinberg side up and I'm looking and I see where I qualified and I'm not going to get too far into um, the personal drama shit, but I got a message from someone I haven't spoken to in a very long time, who's um, very important to me, um, saying that they were going to kill themselves. And it was a very dramatic, emotional moment for me. And I didn't really talk about it. Um, Bo and I told you because you were on the stage and I was sitting right up front and you asked me after like I saw that something was wrong and it totally was and I didn't know what to do about it so I just got real quiet and withdrawn and just tried to like just tried to rally um but it was really really hard to hear and yeah it just really I mean I can't say how much of an impact it had and I know, Jeff, you, you put out that article about pinball and depression and all those things. And I kind of alluded to it when we talked about it last time, but that's definitely, you know, I've gone through a lot of that stuff. And lately I've been trying really hard to, you know, fix those things for myself, be it through just taking better care of myself or anxiety medication or whatever it is. And I know that we don't talk about shit like this enough as a culture or or anything like that. And a lot of pinball people are very introverted and keep to themselves. So I wasn't going to talk about it, but I think it's important to um, be able to say that like my pinball family there really helped me to get through that without me having to like give all the dirty details. I just feel like people kind of knew and we were able to just be there and, you know, just by them being around or trying to like, you know, get me to come out here and let's go play this game and let's do this just to keep my mind off of things, um, was really valuable to me. And I can't thank everybody who helped me through that enough. Um, and Bowen, you're totally one of those people because the next day, like during finals rounds, like you were the only one who knew, and I felt bad putting you in that place. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like, when you told me I made quarterfinals, I thought I was going to break your hand. <laughs> because it wasn't literally like I just squeezed your finger so hard I was just like I'm going to be responsible for Bowen like yeah, never I'm being able to play over, again I'm going to go over the other the other direct the other side of this now because <laughs> he wasn't playing anyway yeah, he wasn't I playing I my I don't need my fingers at this uh, yeah I, I generally did not need my fingers at all throughout the four days of Pinburg. <laughs> um, Good. I guess I feel less bad. Well, I didn't actually break them, so I don't really need to. <laughs> but it was, you know, there was a ton of emotion in in yeah. that like moment but of something you you put there about just the the power of the community to save to 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 save each other. You know, I mean, we all need that support. We we need huge amounts of it more than we really let on uh, a lot of the time, and. And the, in the week after Pinberg, I got I got pretty emotional over some some negative feedback, and whether it was deserved or undeserved, I don't I, I don't care. I didn't I didn't I didn't react the way I ought to, 
whether from lack of sleep or just lobbying my entire energy to try to make this thing as good as I possibly can with thought put into every decision and then to be told like you suck basically um, really hurt. And I was, I was in a bad place for a day until I, I got bailed out by lots of community members just saying like, Hey, I just need, need, need a couple kind words from people having heard so many kind words. I was saying like, it's just hard to, to push past some of some of the, the negative st- negative side of things that does happen uh, when you're running an event of this magnitude. Yeah. But it was it was everybody else who helped me out. So I thank thank the whole community, uh, and I, I'm I'm proud to be able to support you in the moment when you needed it. I'm fortunate to be in the right place to 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 have a sense that something was up, and I, I hope I wasn't in, intruding by asking about. No, no, it's, um, it's hard to talk about, you know, and that's, I had this whole like debate of, do I actually talk about this? And I was like, I think it's important to talk about because I, I, you know, know from experience now and from the people who've been there for me when I needed them, um, that there are always going to be people who have something going on in our community. And, you know, we, as a community, we share this like common love of this hobby in whatever way that we embrace it, right? If we do tournaments or if we fix machines or if we own them or if we just like to go play by ourselves and be kind of meditative or if, you know, we have this community like Bells built up, you know, where you have people that you wouldn't have met before. Like we come from so many different places in our lives that there's always going to be someone that has something going on. And, um, it's super comforting to know that there are people who, even though I don't necessarily know them very well, will be there if I just need, you know, either someone to talk to or someone to just kind of be present there for me. And it meant a lot at like you and everybody else who was there, whether they realized what was going on or not at the time, um, you guys totally helped me to get through that. And it just, it means a lot. And if there's anybody out there, like pinball community people or not, who just needs someone to talk to, like mm-hmm. hit me up seriously. Like I <laughs> have been through enough shit where I'm just like, just whatever. Like if you just want to hang out, if you just want to talk about nothing if you want to tell me that you went and saw baby driver because so many of you did and i love it so much um just talk to me like i'm always i'm always going to be around and let's just kind of share the goodwill i guess and all this is assuming they don't say yay pinball to you because if they do that you'll just kick their ass immediately (laughs) okay can we talk about lee for a second (laughs) (laughs) go ahead yeah. On the opposite side from people being helpful house. in the spectrum. Gosh, Lee, you're but Jeff. I'm blaming you for Lee. <laughs> you're blaming. You're blaming. Hey, you shouldn't have said yay pinball in the first place. So, <laughs> all right, we're not. Maybe we're not. He he would probably get in a lot of trouble if I told you what he did at Pinberg. So we're just gonna we're just gonna gloss over that. We're just gonna say I met Lee. Oh boy. Um, 
Positive. Okay, we're going back to being positive. <laughs> what happened? That was a that was a dramatic turn, and then another dramatic turn. Oh my gosh! Oh, he was just taunting me. It was terrible. Oh. <sighs> I saw the hashtag Yay Pinball floating around a little bit over the weekend. That was nice to see. Great. <laughs> Lee, he just... Lee, makes, Lee makes some good barbecue, though. I'm impressed with his barbecue. <laughs> All right. Well. I guess that forgives all a multitude of sins then. Good barbecue. Okay, so so yeah, I made it to quarterfinals in C after almost breaking Bowen's hand. Um, there were some amazing players in C. I have to say, um, I had posted something on Instagram about like my placement when I went into C, and my friend Nick in Seattle he commented on my picture and he was like say hi to my friend Sven and I was like okay so we were standing around he was top seated in C going into it so he got two buys is that right two that's right um so first round we were just kind of standing around and we started talking and he's super nice funny just like you know easy to talk to and um he ended up winning C divisions. He just destroyed it. Did so so good. Um, when I he was in my second group that I played in, so I played the one round, made it through. I made it through thanks to oh my gosh, how am I not remembering his name right now? One of the guys in my group took a twelve in that round, and I took a six. So a six would have had me super worried, except he ate up everybody else's points. Oh, yeah. oh, this this was the one. This was the hand grabbing episode, right? Yes. Okay, this that was, was it. that was yeah. my dop my doppelganger. Uh, Your doppelganger, the guy, the guy who looks exactly like me, or at least that's what people say to me. Uh, Scott Scott Cuthius. Yes, uh, Scott was like, I don't know, my knight in shining point stealing armor, um, <laughs> because he absorbed. 12 of the points, so then there were only 6 points for the other 2 players to split. So, that's kind of how I made that through, was you know, thanks to you know his amazing it playing. It actually work that way, right? No, if it totally does. Scott was there, or if Scott wasn't there, it wouldn't have mattered. You beat the other 2 players. That is why you advanced. You did better than the other 2 players. I have the data. If you really want me to run through the data, <laughs> you I have them. the data right in front of me here. <laughs> You beat both of them on TX Sector, then you beat both of them on GoldenEye, and then you beat both of them again on Hotline. You beat those other two opponents straight up three out of four games, and that is why you advanced. Okay. So whether Scott was there or kicking ass or not doing anything, it wouldn't have mattered. You would have advanced. Well, Scott was still there kicking ass, so... That is true. He beat the shit. He beat the shit of all of us. Over and over again. Yes. Every (laughs) dang time. Um, And then he went on to the next round where he proceeded to... uh, Never mind. Whatever. One of the interesting things about about C is, like, somebody wins C and they, they instantly are not allowed to win C, basically. Uh, where it's like, oh, you're too good to win this tournament. That's why you won. Like somebody has to win C. Uh, so there's this the debate both internally and externally about like, what does it look like to be? What does the C division champion look like? And I mean, to me, I thought Sven Sven is a 
fine player and we would have been he's a fine representative as a c division champion and the same i could say for all four of the the c finalists were Sun, sunshine bond allison o'neill and aaron cook two out of four finalists since they were women and i was really hoping i had this like secret thing in my head where i was like i wanted to be the three of us like the three women who go in and then i screwed up my vision so next year ben screwed up your vision no, Sven was just a great player. I took zeros on three out of four games in that round. I was toast. I just, I don't think I had it and had it in me anymore. And but I got, I won volley, so I was, I was using my new technique of not looking at any of the scores. So uh, the only one I could really effectively do that on was volley because I was player four. And I just walked up to the machine without looking up and then hit start. And then I looked up. <laughs> I was like, cool. I don't have to worry about averting my eyes and focusing on how many points I need. And I just I just told myself, I just need to roll volley. I'm like, if I feel I feel like if I rolled it, I would be in like okay-ish mm-hmm. position. I hadn't played it there yet, so I didn't know how it was playing. Um but I was walking um Oren was there, Oren Day, and he and I were in a group together last year. So when we saw each other, it was like, hey, and we were chatting about different banks we played and different games and um, sharing some insights. And um, I feel like my conversation with Oren set me up to be in a good place to play volley. And when I finished, I had like 98 um, thousand, so I didn't quite roll it. And then the little Portland group was gathered there kind of watching my round, which freaks me out. But that's fine and they all started clapping and at first i thought it was just like uh all right you're all done with your games good effort kind of thing and sven walks up to me and he like shakes my hand and he's like you don't even know do you i was like nope (laughs) and he's like i was first place before you stepped up and i had 77 so i felt i felt good about winning volley i felt terrible about flat out coming in last on the other three games but it's it says here you got over a million on f14 tomcat and you were last that is that is bs (laughs) well i don't know that game either so i was like man i'm doing really poorly but apparently um watch the the final game of uh, papa 14 uh because your score would have won that game and that was the a final final game Same machine? Same machine. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's just insane. I mean, I can't... There were some absolutely stellar players in C. Just amazing. Really, really great. So I was... I was happy just to be able to play with everybody there. It felt really nice. So I I guess I kind of got over it. Impressive, Impressive to me to see the improvement in overall play of the whole community. Totally. But also, like the thing you the thing you mentioned about uh, just people being polite and friendly with one another throughout, I was I was I saw that too. I saw how I was very impressed by that. Uh, interactions with the tournament directors and techs were very positive. Uh, I got to I kept hearing from people between rounds going like, "I loved the people I played against. It was awesome. Just give me that same group of people again, please." And. Uh, we tried to highlight that. We tried to introduce that in the very beginning of, of the introduction before the tournament even started. Just how important it is for us all to take care of each other in this moment to make sure that the rest of us 
who have spent time and energy to be there have a wonderful experience that that that's part of each of our responsibilities to the community and i really felt overjoyed at the the quality of interactions people were having with one another and in this crazy stressful situation where everybody's bringing money and expecting to get money back it's like it's not a situation that's supposed to lead to good behavior yeah yeah it was it was amazing. The community was absolutely amazing. Um, I met a lot of rad female players who I hadn't met before. Um, I got to play a couple games with Charlotte up from Montreal, um, who I had met at the Vancouver flip out last year, but you know, we were mid tournament stuff and it wasn't really a very social environment. So got to play some games with her, saw a bunch of people, you know, from all over. I mean, John and Ant from Australia, and then um, I got to see friends from Canada and Texas and Florida, and it was like everybody was there, and it just felt really nice to be able to spend time with people. I feel like I was kind of all over the place because I was trying to hang out with everybody, so it was very fragmented, but... Yeah. Um, I felt the same way, especially after a bunch of people kept giving me Fireball and Cokes at... Uh, at Jack Danger's thing on Thursday <laughs> night. Like, oh, people are just, people are giving Bowen drinks. Ha, I'll get one too. <laughs> uh, I didn't uh, even make it over to Jack's thing. I felt so uh, bad. It's just all these all these wonderful people. I mean, I, I this was this was one of the greatest weekends. Uh just meeting so many new people and hearing like hearing their stories of how they got in pinball or dragging somebody else to the event for the first time, or just uh, how happy they all were to be around everybody. And the, the credit to this honestly goes to the other people at, at uh, pop and the replay foundation, like Doug Polka, Elizabeth Cromwell, Mark Steinman uh, is Mark's vision to build this festival as a way of promoting pinball beyond what could be done at that facility in Carnegie, the pop-up world headquarters. And basically when we, once we got Pinberg to 400 players, it, his, his reference point was saying, well, what can we do with this? We play 400 pin, 400 player pinball tournaments until we all die and say, yeah, that was pretty fun. Or do we, or do we, or do we, or do we see how deep the, how deep this hole goes? <laughs> I think was his phrasing. <laughs> how deep does this rabbit hole go? <laughs> How big can we make this? Uh, mm-hmm. And and I think for for Pinberg players, it's hard to to recognize that Pinberg is not the majority of the experience at Replay FX. There were way more people who didn't play in Pinberg than did. And the mm-hmm. fact that we're now exposing thousands of people in the the Pittsburgh area to to pinball and classic video is it's going to, it's it, a huge change for those people. And maybe, maybe a few of them join the pinball league. Maybe a few of them play Pinburg next year. Uh, while the tournament grows, the festival grows and those feed into each other and produce something that can be sustained as long as it wants to. Uh, I don't know how big Pinburg gets. I don't know how big the rabbit hole is, but it's very big and it's getting bigger and <laughs> it's great. Uh, I, I hope that this can become, just a, a flagship event for all of, of uh, pin and classic video for, for years to come. And people, I got asked probably a dozen times, like, 
when are you going to stop doing this and play in your play in your tournament? And the answer is never, because this is this is it. This is something I'm really proud of helping to build along with uh, Mark and Doug and the other replay folk. And um, I just want to I want to see how deep the rabbit hole goes. It's 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 cool. Yeah, definitely. I will always be there. Like it's it's the thing that I know whatever happens with my schedule or, you know, vacation time, I will always go to Pinburg and I can't recommend it highly enough to everybody. I got a note. I got a note from Sven after I posted that thing about uh, just being a little sad about the feedback. And uh, he said, when the, when, when it comes time to, to post vacation time for the year, I ask for this week to go to Pinburg. I don't ask for Christmas. I don't ask for Thanksgiving. I don't ask for Fourth of July. I ask to go to Pinburk. Uh, so, as far as I'm concerned, this event is the most important event for his year, and that's just—I mean, it's it's humbling to think that that that's happening for some other people, and that we can we've created something that is that is joyful. Um, and I'm just really happy to have, to be part of it and to be there every year. That's the same for me. I don't. I don't do holiday vacation time. Literally, when you release the dates for the next few years, I was like, these are going on my work calendar. <laughs> Three years planned out. Yeah, I need. I need, I got to get there next year. Yeah, you really need to get there. Well, what did you? What? Where were you? Come on, man. Where were you? What were you doing? Oh, I was in beautiful Santa Clara. It's a good place yeah. to be. California Extreme. Um, yeah, we mentioned a little earlier. It's a great show. Um, and Marco Specialties had like 17 Star Wars machines there. Crap. So if you wanted to play Star Wars, there was no wait. You could just walk up to them. Um, the nice thing about California Extreme is they have a lot of the rarities there as well. So, um, you know, you've, you've got your stuff like Kingpin and Big Bang Bar, and then you've got all the new stuff and everything in between. So that's always fun. I mean, there were multiple Gottlieb spirits there. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And, um, oh, Steve Sherland. Yeah. So they had, they actually had a little sign set up for him there, um, next to one of the spirits, but it's just a, it's just a great show. I did compete there. Um, and uh, the Monterey Flipper uh, Pinball Club is it Pinball Club? Oh man, I feel stupid now. But I know but they're Monterey. Flipper. All I know is it was it, they called it Bayberg. They did. They called it Bayberg, the most moderately sized um, tournament <laughs> in pinball. And uh, it was awesome because they pulled that together totally last minute. Um, tournament plans just. I don't know if like they hadn't been made or what they had was going to fall through, but in like, the final hours, um, they put this on and pulled it together and put on a tournament, which was a blast. They ran it the same way as Pinburg, you know, the Swiss scoring and everything. And um, leading up to it, I'd been having migraines and I was struggling the days going in and the day of competition um, it wasn't full blown migraine, but I was. I had a pretty bad headache, but I played well. Um, started a little slow. My my first game was on Twilight Zone, which I was super excited about because I have one. I play it really well. Um, Not today. 
I plunged and made a flip and then gave it a little nudge as it was getting back towards the flippers and tilted. So I was like, okay, all right, tilts are tight. I got that. Um, I think I salvaged a third place on that, but wasn't wasn't the best start. But after that, I kind of settled in and I ran off. Everything from that was either a first or a second um, for like the next five rounds. Um, I think four firsts and a second. So I was in good shape going into the last. It was an eight round tournament. Oh, and you're playing and, one, what one game per round and then re- reshuffle basically. Yes, reshuffling after everyone. So it got to the point where um, I, I I got to going into round eight. I needed um, second or first to guarantee um, going through without any tiebreaker worries or any of that stuff. Um, if I finish third, no, 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 that's a problem. You, you shouldn't have done this. You should have just said, I got to win this game. Let's go. Off we go. Oh, I, I didn't know the exact situation. <laughs> Looking back, that was the situation. Okay. So thir- third was possibility of a tie break. Fourth was, um, possibility of a tie break or elimination. So it was really, really tight. And I think I was tied for second or third at that point. That's how tight it was. Um, just massive log jam, with I think a five-way tie for fourth or something like that. And they were taking top eight out of the 64. Um, and that was it. So, of course, final round of qualifying. Uh, that game is on Doodlebug. And ah. that game is just... Amazing? Just yeah, you shut up. You Use your next word very carefully, sir. It's stupid. Oh it's, no! Oh. Uh, I think it's one of the dumbest games. Oh not, my god! Not because of oh that you can't trap or whatever. It the the whole mechanic of starting those posts between, um, starting and stopping is so random that someone can just get some seriously stupid amounts of dumb luck, and those can fire forever. But that's not why I'm so upset. The reason that I was irritated about this was. Um, it's a one player game. So you're playing one and I was fourth player and, um, Jessica, you were talking about how you were stepped up some of these games, not knowing what you needed to win. That would have totally benefited me on this. Um, I knew to get second, I had to get, um, 33,990 points. If I got that, I was guaranteed second and no possibility of tiebreak, whatever. Um, well, they announced before playing if that was the only machine, if you get an extra ball, play it. Everything else was extra balls were disabled, but if for some weird reason it awards one, plunge it. So I'm playing and my score was north of 30,000. I had extra ball lit. I hit the target. Um, the light went off and I was like, sweet, I got a ball in hand. And um, decided decided not to make a little move that I totally could have salvaged the, the ball on. It drains. Not no extra ball. Oh, what was your what? What did you say you had? I okay. I know you guys are very mature. Um, so it didn't give me the extra ball, and I ended up with thirty three thousand nine hundred and sixty points, like thirty points short. I mean it. I plunged yeah, is all I needed to do. doodled slightly longer. Um, the the weird thing about it was is I, I turned around to walk away and the scorekeeper says, oh, don't forget to play your extra ball. It didn't give it to me. 
and everyone was kind of confused. I didn't want to throw a fuss because I didn't know what the standings were shaking out as at that point. I probably should have fussed because it ended up being that I was put in a tiebreaker. And um, going into the tiebreaker, I'd been playing really well. Like I got first on Viking, Whitewater, and Star Trek all in a row, and then um, second in F-14, and then Doodlebug. So I was like, okay, I'm kind of playing well, bring on the tiebreaker. And they're like, okay, uh, we got to figure out how to do this tiebreaker. And I said, okay, that's fine. Um, It was going to be a four-player game. And because there was a uh, four-way tie for um, the final spot, they just needed to eliminate one person. And I said, I don't care. Uh, Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. I said, just anything but Star Wars. And some other guys were like, no, let's do Star Wars. And they said, all right, tiebreakers on Star Wars. Wait, 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 why is... uh... Why is this up for debate? Um, I don't know if it was randomized or if when someone said, let's do Star Wars and a couple people lit up and it's the new game that it was one of the tournament organizers said games on Star Wars. I was like, okay, whatever. Okay. Well, I ran into an awesome bug on Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Apparently under certain circumstances, if you've picked R2D2 and you've picked a certain starting thing i think it was like light the tattooing missions or something score will be reduced to zero at an inopportune moment um practically and if you hit a certain one of i don't know what the conditions were but it disabled it it doesn't give you the ball saver so my first ball i walked up and plunged it hit the little stand up so that does went straight out from there and like it went into the slingshot went out and it didn't ball save and I was like, what just happened here? Like, I didn't get my ball saver. I said, is it disabled on this game? Like, no. Well, that bug was locked in on me. So ball two, um, off the plunge, you know, the ball was going wild. Well, I couldn't let it drain. So I shook and I, I got a tilt. I was pissed. Ball three was okay, but I lost by less than 12 million points. That's nothing on that game. I took two house balls because some piece of garbage bug just the word i get i'm not blaming tournament people directors or anything because there's a lot of pressure to put the new games in the tournament i put them into i but i've been burned so bad by games that are not tournament ready being used in tournaments oh it was it literally cost me money it, it was i was so heated i i left the show i couldn't i couldn't be there anymore the rest of the night as i i Shook everybody's hand. It was great. I got a little compensation uh, award for being, you know, the first out. But I went back to my hotel room and just was angry. I was so mad. Um, But I don't know what you do in that situation. Some guy grabbed me on the way out. Here are two lessons for you from a tournament perspective. Number one, never trust a ball save. I don't care what the the game is. I'm never going to trust any ball save. Um, Number two... If you find that the plunge is going to go out of control, you should consider short plunging to a flipper like you would on uh, – and this doesn't mean that I will actually follow through with these pieces of it. <laughs> um, and I, I lost uh, I lost a final on Circus Voltaire by plunging for skill shots because I thought the skill shot was worth enough points to justify having it out of control at the beginning of the ball rather than plunging to my flipper. Uh, and two out of the three balls I didn't get a flip on because I – plunge for the skill shot but that's your choice you don't have to plunge for the skill shot you can plunge for the flipper 
and the the skill shot on uh, the the skill shot on the new Star Wars is is uh, not that not that relevant to plunge hard into those targets. You get a bonus, you get a multiplier advance to the shot multiplier, but uh, uh, you get the award that you've selected just for putting the ball in play at all. Right. On ball three, I actually did not plunge into it. Um, but the, the scary thing about Star Wars is if you soft plunge and it doesn't go to the stand-up targets on the left, you're uh, probably throwing it in the slingshot. Short plunge? Short, short plunge. Yeah, right. But it still throws it like laterally across the play field. Um, but anyway, I I don't like the plunge on Star Wars anyway. I don't – I mean, I don't like it. But – um, as I was leaving, some guy grabbed me and he said, Hey, I had that same bug. Don't feel too bad. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. that's a thing that happened, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I was so bugged, just unbelievably bothered by that. Um, this but again, hard, I'm not blaming hard from the perspective of the people making those games too, because they're being, they're being expected to produce something that is. Uh, tournament ready immediately and right and that's uh, that's fine because sides of that of that push pull uh and it's just not not that important to them from the perspective of game sales of presentation i mean look at all the detail they put into the choreography on on those animations and uh the the music the sound for for a zero point release game that isn't isn't finished yet Uh, that was incredible to me incredibly high quality uh, and unfortunately, the, the the back end of that is that some of those some of those interactions might be cause are definitely causing bugs. You can see some real show stopping bugs in some of the footage from Comic Con, for example. Yeah, I saw someone accidentally restart their game by holding down the action button to add a ball, but holding it too long, and it uh, functioned as a game start button at that point. Um, mm. That that's a nasty one that's in there. But I think that got coded out in the latest release. Mm. Um, I actually don't blame them because it's not they they haven't considered it 1.0 code. So if it's in in your competition, you, you kind of know you're playing with it's with fire. not release code, it's beta code. <laughs> but we spent, again, uh, it, we spent a lot of hours the day the the morning of and the night before Pinberg uh, trying to install the 0.87 code. And uh, in the end, we weren't able to install it because there were issues with uh, SD cards and USB drives on our end. Uh, and for whatever reason, we we like we just said, well, we have two choices: we can run with 0.85 and hope that everything holds up, or we can just bag the game. And with uh, uh, 330 games, <laughs> you you <laughs> kind of have to run with what you need. Uh, with all the other games that have lock stealing and Bizarro features and problems having a deep showstopper bug in star star wars was not important enough to us we would we didn't put star wars in finals and we kind of would want to because it's you're showing off great new stuff but so aerosmith was in finals instead because it was it was ready it's it's clearly been been worked out and there weren't any mechanical problems with it throughout the tournament either so it was a good good finals machine yeah and so I again, um, I wasn't bitter at all towards the. I mean, if you're a tournament director and you've scrambled to get this thing together, and someone comes to you and says, "Hey, would you like to put a Star Wars in this?" That's a draw for the tournament. Like, we're gonna have Star Wars. It's a brand new game. So it was just, I was mad at the situation, not anybody in particular. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but, oh man, that's the second time that I've had a bug wreck me out of a tournament. The other one was I had the Ghostbusters bug where it won't let you out of the mode. It sticks you in um, uh, whatever the one. It was on the left ladder on Spook Central and you can't get out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I had that happen and dro- it drove me nuts. But anyway. Ball all day. Multi-ball all day. Yeah. It, no, you know what it was? It, I, it wasn't that. It was that um, We Came We Saw was lit but wouldn't start. Um, <laughs> so I kept hitting it and it wouldn't start the mode. That's what it was. Um, anyway. Okay, so I, that it's, it's tough because sometimes you don't have games um, in number to where you can be picky about what you're using. And, and that was the case in that tournament. There was only five games there, and we needed five for the tournament uh, with the Ghostbusters. Um, with Bayberg, I'm not going to you know, throw a fit because they were extremely gracious to even put this on in the first place. They did an excellent job getting the games together. Um they worked really hard to get them playing well, and when something went down, the um, the work they put to get stuff back up and the scrambling they did to get replacement games, it was really impressive. Um, scorekeepers were, were on top of it, and you know, it was a, like all these are, they're just volunteers, and they're doing their best, so right. the, the event was really, really good. Um, I feel bad because I just blanked on who won. I guess I could look that up, but... Um, it I had wasn't a lot of fun. You. No, it was not me. <laughs> um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, the people I was playing bay. with. What's that? It was the Bay. The Bay won. You didn't win. I did not win Bayberg. But I guess, you know, there's worse finishes than fifth that were possible. Um, and I've been burned by Star Trek a hundred times in competition. I think I mentioned it as a game I hate to compete on because just bad things happen. I got eliminated in uh, in uh, the last big tournament, the Gaming Con on Star Trek. Um, but I finished first in it this time, and I, I really crushed that game. Whitewater's eliminated me more than once, and I finished first in my group there, and it was, it, it was good. I had a, I had a great time. Um, the headache thing probably compounded my irritation so um (sighs) couldn't get through without a health update huh oh no i I was just bummed out i was like hey i'm gonna fly out to california and then um can't see out of my left eye so i could see why you'd be bummed flying to california when all the fun was in pittsburgh was your t-boz okay (laughs) uh t-boz was wasn't doing so great Uh, but the uh, left eye was blind. So. Oh my God. No, that's, that's the third eye. The third eye. So overall though, California extreme, um, like always, it's amazing how many people come through that show and how well it runs. Um, I did a write up for it on gamer theory. So if anyone cares to read what I just talked about, I don't know why you would, um, <laughs> feel yeah. free. Well, but, I, I, don't know. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many things about Cal Extreme that I I enjoy. Um, like you said, those those super rare Atari games uh, and lots of other super rare video games just just happen to be because they're in Silicon Valley, they have access to it. Even those, did you get a play, chance to see or play four by four? Not this time, but I have before. And uh, games like that that are one offs or two offs are just uh, amazing yeah. to me. And there's so many of them at Cal Extreme more than any other show that I've ever ever been to. 
Uh, the the staff has a, a really positive attitude, and it's it's kind of like not not a joking attitude, but but no, nobody seems to take the whole event that seriously to where it's like okay, we're we're hyper serious about video and pin or whatever. We're, they even the name Calextreme is a joke originally, right? Right. So, uh, but that but the the lots of good speakers this year too. Uh, Steve Ritchie was there, I think. Did you see? Steve? He was. Yep. He was, and he spent a lot of time in the Marco Specialties booth, so he was on the floor for a while. Oh, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Getting a chance to see see lots more playtesting. Yeah, I I tagged like like seven or eight of those Star Wars machines um, with high scores, so that felt good. But <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you tagged them all with R two D two bugs. Just, <laughs> no, just <laughs> now walk sure away. That it got taken care. Of. Yeah, they no. ta- they tagged themselves with those bugs. No but, additional uh, help required. I, 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 that was a lot of work for them to set up that many, unbox that many new games and set them up. And then, um, I don't know. I don't think they sold them all. So to pack them all up again is, it's a lot more work to, to unbox and pack up than, you know, your, your used stuff. But, um, it was a fun show. I, it would be at the plans next year, depending on how timing and everything shakes out. Um, Berg. right. I, I'm hoping oh. not for an overlap oh. there. So. Pinburg's the priority, so. But I am going to Alaska in August next year, so there's some danger of uh, some scheduling mishaps. But I hope not. I like. I, I don't think that uh, Calextreme will will be in August ever again. It used to, it was at some point, uh, but uh, you start to run up against the weekends that the San Francisco 49ers are playing their pre their preseason games. Right, and that right. was actually what happened here. To cause this, that some of the conventions that used to run in August had to move their dates to July, and that left fewer weekends for Calextreme to to choose from. And yeah. the choice the choice was basically the weekend that you went or Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, and, that wouldn't be Fourth uh, of July is a disastrous weekend for any convention because you you have so many people with other commitments that they just won't come. Exactly, uh, it would be disaster. It would be way worse for them to run on Fourth of July than to run in conflict uh, with some some event that's twenty five hundred miles away. Right, and outside of the actual tournament, the pinball tournament, it doesn't feel like any other aspect of the show is negatively impacted. So, um, for the average attendee, I don't think they noticed anything. And you know, all the pinball machines that are normally there were there. Um, it was. I think they said the official count was six hundred and nine games. Ooh. So, Damn. yeah, it was impressive. It was a lot of fun. Holy smokes, that's incredible! Uh, yeah, and that was. Uh, I think that that that's going to be their largest show then, because they had they actually opened a second hall. Yeah, for yeah, the first time this year that wasn't there before. So, so Alexstream is growing, Replay FX is growing. It's it's just. All these other festivals, you talked about the other date conflict. We never used to have date conflicts. There was only like five things. I know. In my day, <laughs> they wheeled mm-hmm. out some rando game for the final and you played on it because that's the way it was and we liked it. Yeah, the venues were nowhere near as nice or supportive day, as we played now. an entire tournament on nothing but who done it. <laughs> First time, it was 0.5 code. And then when you got to the finals, we discovered there was a bug in the jackpot where players shared jackpots between each other. Gosh. And all of a sudden, your two-player game, whoever had the higher jackpot, didn't matter because you both had 400 million jackpots all of a sudden. Suddenly, I want to play Prospector. I don't know what's going on. 
<laughs> That's a really weird feeling to have. So, uh, shoot for Pappy's porch and uh, Big Buck Hunter after that. Okay, can I just say my mom, I took my mom to Modern, oh, I don't know if we talked about this. I took my mom to Modern Pinball um, when we were in New York. We went to go see In and of Itself. It's a magic show. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, and we had time, like we parked right out front of the theater. We walked over to Modern because I've never been there. Spent, what, $16 a piece for an hour in a place where half the games were off, broken, uh, the other half didn't play great. <laughs> Just like, okay. It was kind of a mess. And the guy at the door sort of was condescending when he spoke to me. Like, I had never seen a pinball machine before. Had I'm you? Like, cool. I yeah, get I mean, yeah. really, You have no proof. What proof do you have? <laughs> Maybe the... T- never mind. I'm not going to get into all the things. But his <laughs> his tone wasn't great I d- when you, I went in. Have you even played Stars before? <laughs> you know I, i'd be all right telling you how to play this game <laughs> um yeah so not a good experience there but my mom loved prospector so that was cool um and then we went to the Silverwell museum in asbury park new jersey where i've been to the stone pony a bunch for concerts and stuff and it's right across the street like on the boardwalk and i never knew um, but we went in there and my mom, um, I'm definitely her daughter because she fell in love with Charlie's angels and man, I've won so many dollar games on Charlie's down at Blair Alley. So, uh-huh. um, so she was playing that a bunch and I mean, I was super impressed with Silverball considering how many like little kids run around in there or, you know, people who aren't necessarily pinball people. If a game was down, there was someone working on it. Yeah. And most of them played really nicely. The one thing is that they had a lot of like modern DMD games on five ball, which I don't really need to play five balls of games, but um, I did kind of walk around cause Steve uh, and I were playing dialed in and they had it set up pretty easy. So in the time it took him to play one ball on dialed in, I could <laughs> go and finish off six or seven games that were <laughs> surrounding us. That people had abandoned. So Heck. That was super fun. Their collection is absolutely stunning. Like they have so many amazing games there, and it's and when you throw in the fact that they had the the impact of Hurricane Sandy mm-hmm. on their site, that that they're back in operation and that they are still at such qu- at such quality, it's really impressive. I, I love so amazing. I love Silver Ball. Yeah, and so uh, amazing. I was, I'm very impressed with it. I I have been meaning to go back for quite a while. Yeah, that's going to be a regular. I think I'm going to try and do like, because I know I'm going to go back to New York before next Pinburg, and that's the way I love the way this works out because then I don't have jet lag going into day one of Pinburg. But um, I think I'm going to try and do like a little gathering of New York, New Jersey pinball friends there leading into Pinburg because that spot is so, so good. I was really happy with that, especially after. Well, and it was cheaper for six hours at silver ball than one hour at modern. So that was kind of disappointing, but I did get to drop in on a bells meeting at sunshine the day before I left for Pittsburgh. So that was also great. Um, got to see Jade and, um, hang out with Kate a little bit before going in. And, um, I managed to, on my way to Pinburg, um, Patrick Alnonymous had posted the Tampa Bay Pinball League shirt picture that he was bringing some. And I was like, yes, I will take one of those. So I picked up one of those shirts there, ran into him and Skylar. We didn't get to play a lot of games, but it was good to see them. And um, 
I got my solid state shirt from um, Double Danger while I was there. Always good to see those guys. Saw Zach with Tilt Hammer. We played some dollar games um, Saturday night. So Taylor and Zach and Carl <laughs> D'Angelo. Um, it was just like a huge group of us went. Um, some other guys from the Richmond group with, with Taylor. We just had like a big group of us that were going around and playing these dollar games. And it was like split flipper or, you know, you did teams of three and each person got a ball kind of thing. Um, it was just super fun. And I'm still finding, like today I reached into my bag when I was at the find, farmer's market. Find dollars just, that you, you won from them. Yeah. And then just like reached in. And <laughs> I was like, oh, there's a lot of dollar bills that are still down here. So Lovely. thanks, Taylor, for all of your money. And my, let's my do it again next year. Answer, that was that was one of my only opportunities to really get to play and do anything any social play. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the tournament was finally over. And like, oh, people are playing pinball. Yay. Let's hang out. And uh I got to join uh, you and was it John John, right? John played the other ball. John Cosson, yep. Yeah. So it was a three ball Barracora. And uh Taylor was talking some weird smack to me about uh how how, how I was gonna play on Barracora. I had ball three, and uh, it was my ball three, and then and then uh, Taylor's ball three. <laughs> Meanwhile, you and John both crushed it. You got multi balls and all sorts of good stuff. So it was it really up, fun. Game time for my ball three, and I was like, "All right, here we go, here we go." I plunged and walked away. <laughs> oh my gosh! Even though I wasn't the last player, it was still Taylor's turn. After Taylor that. was so pissed. <laughs> We got this. <laughs> I appreciate your confidence in us. Totally worked. Um, but then he did win the the game that we did on Dragon. We did like a similar thing where everyone took one ball, uh, and it was it wasn't for points. It was literally just for how many dragons you dropped. Dragon just to hear the noise. Okay. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Worked. It's like so one good. ball pin golf type thing <laughs> yeah but it was like in teams it was super fun and then i got a great picture of zach i need to post it I, i've been holding on to all of my pinberg pictures so i could do like one big album thing which i forgot to do this weekend but um i have a great picture um of him where we were playing dollar games on doctor who and taylor just lined up all the dollars over the upper left flipper <laughs> so you couldn't get into a rhythm on the loop. That was a really fun one. There were some good games. And then I just hung out like last night with Emily and Kate and Sven and we played just walked through and played a bunch of games that we didn't get to play. Was that Sunday? I think we did that on Sunday. So it was great just getting to see everybody and hang out and play some games and then <laughs> going to the airport. Um there were a few other people who were on the same flight as I was. So Chris Chin and Mike Corbett from Seattle were all on the same flight. And it's like, okay, well, what seat are you in? And we were all in row 21, like straight across from each other. So the plane loved us. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it, was, it was a little loud, but it was fantastic. Um, I got a really good picture of the three of us, like all lined up in a row. Um, it was fantastic. I just had the best time i really well and i got to meet elizabeth we'd only talked online before and she's fantastic i met doug briefly because he was always running to do something but 
Man, Bon, you all, like everyone who is involved, did such an amazing job with this event. And I mean, replay all around it. There were people who just, you know. I have a sort of a final story about this, which is that after sort of takedown and doing, after everybody closes up, we we do a few hours of work. Um, I put, I packed away some stuff. I'm I'm sure I did a lot less work than than everyone else in that moment. Um, And then we all went off to Harris Grill in downtown Pittsburgh. Um, and it reminded me of the the scene in Avengers at the very very end where they finally they win and the credits are rolled, and then they all just sit around eating shawarma together, barely talking. Just they're all shell shocked and, and shell shocked and tired, and they're appreciative of each other and hanging out, but it's all just kind of like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is what that dinner felt like. But instead, it was mac and cheese, and it was really good. <laughs> And yeah. uh, Mark Mark Steinman had the, one of the fruitiest drinks I've ever seen. It was like some uh, raspberry cosmopolitan stirred frozen thing. And uh, he, he downed it. He's like, I want another one of these. I don't care. <laughs> right oh now. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, it was just terrific. It, it's such a great team. And it's such a small team also. Like, it's not that many people running a festival that thousands of people are showing up for every day. Uh, and I don't really understand how it works. Like I've got my side and I think it works just by assignment. Really? Like Mm. I've got my part that I can look around and go like, we got this. Meanwhile, there's a whole other zoo over that other side (laughs) that I know nothing about. And somehow it just all takes care of itself because there's someone else over there who has the same feeling about my side. Yeah, no, it was absolutely incredible. You guys all did such a bang up job. Like, so so good um and then getting my evil knievel moved out um everyone was very very helpful in making that happen and i again cannot say how grateful i am to rob for going and picking it up and working on it and getting it to the show and being just one of the nicest humans just he and i got to play a game together on it which was really cool and um, it was so nice to, to get to meet him after everything that he's done for me. And, um, then Tommy loaded it up in his car after, um, everything was done on Saturday and got that moved out. And just the two of them, I mean, being there on that front end of the journey and having, like I said before, like this community come together is so wonderful. And I mean, it's, it's super meaningful and I can't thank the two of them enough. And, um, and I just, I just love this community. It's so, so good. Everyone's amazing. Having an event like that for everyone to come together at and knowing that it's going to be smooth and that the games are going to be great and that things are going to be taken care of quickly is so wonderful to have. So to everyone involved, thank you. Thank you for doing this. And I will always be back for it because of you guys. Oh, that's really wonderful. Uh, just the, the text, the other TDs. The people who are making this happen it's just thoughtful it's just and everybody wants to but we need more now we, we need more tds we need more texts i don't know what we're going to do because just like that physical limit at the papa headquarters of 400 players we're at 800 players now and there are limitations what's preventing us from being larger not enough pinball machines not enough texts not enough uh tds and so those are things we have a year to figure out but uh, we, we really need people, other people, to step up. I, I know that the Replay Foundation accepts cash donations as well as pinball machine donations. 
So um, if people have a game they don't want anymore that they think the Replay Foundation might benefit from, is, is there are ways to use replayfoundation.org to donate that machine and get a tax write-off. That's cool. You're going to get a bunch of NFLs now? <laughs> That's fine. I'll take NFLs. I, I, well, it's not me, uh, but I'm sure that they would take whatever. And whether whether it means then flipping that game for another game that might be preferable, uh, whether they can take one or two of those NFLs, really. <laughs> <laughs> one or two of the NFLs and make them tournament-worthy. Uh, I think that... Uh, NFL is probably a better tournament machine than than perhaps Strange Science, uh, but but not too much else. <laughs> I'm excited to play more Strange Science. That's probably the machine that I walked away from from Pinberg saying, "Okay, yeah. of the machines I had never played before." There's uh, there's there's a thread going on tilt forums. Just fa- it's it says name a game you loved and a game you hated that you played for the first time at Pinberg. And you can almost form a chain between like someone who hated strange science and someone else who loved it. <laughs> I, I, I interrupted you there, so I'm sorry. No, how dare you? No, it was. Um, I got to play it Sunday. Uh, I ran into James Eads from up in Washington, and it was good to see him. He's the one I got my um, Stars Playfield from. Super, super nice guy. And you were explaining the um, the lock stealing <clears throat> game to game lock stealing for me so we the three of us played a game we together were, we, were all, we were trying to, trying to set each other up so that we each got to experience the multi-ball at least once yeah so none, I locked, none of us could do it there was nobody no multi-ball okay, for a long time a long time i locked three balls and then james locked the fourth so I was like, okay, well, he just set that up for you. And then you somehow didn't collect it. So I was like, sweet, I can go get, nope, nope, I can't. I drained. And then James couldn't get it. And then you can get, I was like, we went through a whole game with no one picking this up. So then I was determined to get it. Um, and then you got it. And I was like, fine. But then I was like, never mind. I'm not leaving this game until I actually get this multi-ball. It's so like the sounds that machine makes. It's super cool. It's so satisfying. Like, yeah, hundred percent will play that game again. Want to play that game again? And then um, yesterday, I actually met the Borg for uh, an Eclipse milkshake. Real weird. Super good. Uh, a block away from a barber shop in Portland that has the only Flight Two Thousand in town. And we had a wild night closing down the barber shop playing Flight 2000. <laughs> that, I believe those sentences could only ever be said about Portland, Oregon. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't, you, you could just say all that and, and have no other information and be absolutely certain it was happening in Portland. Yeah, if you didn't say Portland, I would have thought I was having like auditory hallucinations. <laughs> oh, so good. Were there any birds involved? I I didn't put a bird on anything. Not oh. a thing. But um, yeah, we both got multi balls, and it was like super fun. I love that game. Cool. Must, hard to get. Must hard have. to get multi ball on. Uh, oh, you're not talking about Flight 2000. You're still talking about Strange Science. Again. No, no, no. I was talking about Flight 2000. Guys, yeah, that's really a hard. hard to get the multi ball on that game. Oh my god. Yeah. It, it's seriously like 
basically getting to a wizard mode in a modern game. It, it's it's the goal, right? Like that's what you want. So, it feels so, so super. Ex- I feel super excited about starting the multiplayer, and then basically nothing happens. <laughs> it's just drain them out. Yeah. Like, uh, that that's uh, yeah. That's it. You get three balls. <laughs> you get like a play field. But out. it happened. But it happened. But you totally happened. I got two of them. I got two of them locked on my game during Pinberg, and I was like super close to starting <laughs> it and drained out. And I was like, okay, but I still like did super well there. And just I I love that machine. It's one of those that's like super frustrating for me in a lot of ways. Thus, I love it, which is why I own stars. <laughs> like very very frustrating. You have a clear goal in mind, and to get there is the best. And to not get there just makes you want to play the game 30, 40 more times until you actually get there. I think, oh, yeah. Uh, I think the Stars tutorial video was like 35 games long. But it was still really short. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so is the new hotness the, the game everyone's going to be all about now Andromeda after the uh, the finals? Uh, I wanted to play blast. it so bad. but That was so fun to watch. We, yeah, we were not allowed up on the stage after. I could explain to you Andromeda if you'd like. Oh, I had played Andromeda at the Tacoma show, not this past year, the one before. It was in the pin golf bank, but it had a water hazard. So if like that little spot under the pops where it can roll through below, if you got the ball there, it tilted. Oh, uh, what okay. the hell is that? <laughs> Water like hazard. Water, huh? Oh my god, what? Water hazard. Oh boy. It was great. Oh right, Pinball Olympics. I played Attack from the Back again. Um, and then there was the, I don't, I don't remember which game it was that had the bike hooked up to it. Oh, that EM that they... was. Uh, what, what game was that? Was it Jumping Jack? I can't remember. It was some EM. Maybe. Oh, maybe it was Jumping Jack. That makes sense. Um, where your flipper <laughs> strength... Why does that make sense? It is made it, sense in my head. Uh, I, well, I I was picturing it again, and that looked like the game Oh, okay. that it was. Anyway, uh, yes. Uh, did, you, did you get to play the Adams Family at uh, CalExtreme with the, with the bike? Um, I, I didn't see where that was, actually, this time, but I've done that, yeah. That's the best. That's 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 crazy. I I think anything that promotes additional sweating at California Extreme <laughs> is a <laughs> is a dangerous thing, but I still appreciate it. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. We we're not gonna go there right now. No. Yeah. <clears throat> <Wait. laughs> I don't know. Have you guys done anything else since we talked last? Uh, I got some sleep. Excellent. I I have not had enough sleep. Um, um, I didn't get a chance to talk about more game shows, but I have more game shows to talk about. <laughs> there's there's always a reason to talk about game shows. Always. Yeah, uh, it's 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 good. Well, I I have to wait. Ask me again in about four months about okay. uh, a game show I've worked on because I'm working on a game show that will be out within the next four months that I'm really excited for uh, because it's, it was a a cool opportunity to work with good people and to work on a show that I've like I've idolized. 
Yay. It's not Chuck Woolery, though. I dropped uh, the ball on that. Not Chuck Woolery. That was a huge disappointment to not meet Chuck Woolery as promised this summer. As possibility. Oh, as possibility. Well, in that case, it was only a, a relatively right. major disappointment. <laughs> okay. Well, let's build it up for another year. <laughs> only I were going back to Utah sometime. Next if year. only. Like every July ever. So, uh, no, that's about it. I mean, I did, um, I did make my way down to Lee's house to play his dialed in, and he got a brand new Walking Dead. So I did I that. Put a, I put a score so high on Lee's Metallica that he sold it immediately. He sold it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Um, you Maybe met that the makes buyer up for then. his behavior at uh, Pinburg. Um, you met. The buyer that Kelly remember at the Solid Gaming yeah, so, Con, him so and his that wife. Means that next year it'll show up in a in some single elimination format where I have to play him on his own game in the first round after a some sort of uh, naming glitch where they accidentally put the other guy who has the same exact name. Oh. What are the odds of? I mean, Eric is kind of a common name, but Schaefer's not the most common last name. And then, but put them together, you're a mathematician. What are the odds of two Eric Schaefers in the same pinball tournament? That was weird. Apparently, it's 100%. <laughs> Round these parts. <laughs> and then you say, oh, I'm sorry. We, we gave you the wrong guy. Let's play. Let's have you play the other guy. And oh, by the way, he's really good. And here we're playing on his machine that he owns and brought here. Yep. <laughs> oh, my it, gosh. And it's single elimination, and you drove all the way over here in order to play this. Ouch. It's just a state champion. <laughs> now, Eric's a very, very good player. <laughs> so... But but we did kind of both get him back on laser ball, so there was that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> did you hear about this story? No. So I played in my first ever critical hit tournament, okay. um, which is the card format that Carl D'Angelo built. Yeah. And uh, it was terrific. I had a wonderful time. Um, we get down to the final three players, and people have been playing. People have been playing cards to move me around in groups or whatever, but it's not working. I'm beating everybody. Yes, you uh, were. And it gets to the uh, final three players. It's me, Jeff, and uh, Eric, who Eric, who destroyed me on the night before, mm-hmm. um, on laser ball. And I have a card. I have one card left, and the card allows me to give an extra ball to any other player. I can't use okay. it. I can't use it for me. I can only use it for one of them. And I'm like, what do I do? Uh, I. I was just basically just not going to play it and just watch. Um, so they play out. I play my game. I play pretty well. They play their game. They play. They play okay. And Jeff wins. And at that point, Kelly is Eric, right? Why, why are you Eric, calling Eric. Kelly and Eric? I don't get this. Is Eric, um, Ke- is Ke- Eric and Kelly the same person? No, Kelly was the one who him and his wife both finished top three in the main tournament okay um the one who played the two-hour game on um pirates of the caribbean that was kelly oh okay all right I get it. yeah so yeah then eric plays his card that let him replay his three balls eric gets a full restart that's his card it's like the, <laughs> the best card in the whole deck to just get a free restart um for your entire game and he just has to catch jeff and he'll eliminate jeff and finish finish second Okay. Or he'll, he'll be able to play me for, for final two instead of uh, being eliminated. 
So he plays all three balls again and still falls short of Jeff. Mm. At which point I say, oh, by the way, have another one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm just sweating at this point. Like, I've watched him play six this balls. This won't end. <laughs> so Eric plays one more ball and still doesn't catch Jeff. Oh, my gosh. You got seven. so close, though. <laughs> He's like, well... If I was going to go down, a seven-ball game was a good way to go. <laughs> <laughs> was, and it, it was so funny, though. Um, yeah, I was a little bit nervous on it, but the whole experience was so casual. It it was it right. was really funny. When you I played cannot, that... I could not was, imagine playing that format for act- for like real stakes. Like, he's right. going to a critical hit next month for $60 buy-in or something like that, uh, times 40, 50 players. And then you're talking about like me throwing that extra ball card could have cost you hundreds of dollars in that. Fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where in this thing, it was what the difference between, I think 20 tens bucks of dollars. Yeah. I think I ended up getting f- like $80. Yeah. I don't know. What'd you get? Yeah. I, I got something. I was like 50, 30, 20 or something like that. Oh, 30. Um, so yeah, it was a difference of like 10 bucks. Yeah. And uh, just, yeah, but that trophy, though, man. That trophy was sweet. I was happy to take that home. I brought that trophy home, and the reaction at home was, what the hell is that? (laughs) Get it out of here. That is thrift store, hot glue, (laughs) and pinballs in a a meet. Excellent. But that was hilarious, so. It was a good time. I would definitely play Critical Hit again, but I I would be reluctant to play it for for high stakes because I think that people could get angry with each other instead instead of... Having the right, it could, it could turn personal in high stakes. I could see that. It was interesting too to hear from the other players playing Critical Hit. Like some of them loved it, and others were like, "I just want to play pinball. I don't want these cards." So Critical Hit, you definitely almost have to have the right casual environment, or you have to have the right players, um, or you have to have the right situations. And uh, I I think I think all of those are possible. And uh, the the decks are really very cleverly designed. By, mm-hmm. uh, by Carl to uh, to to bring out a lot of possibilities uh, that come from the collected card game community, like uh, Magic Gathering and other things like that. Yeah, I would say if you're going to run one of those, kind of know your audience. If there's going to be a lot of first time com- uh, competitors, it may not click with them well because um, if their first experience in pinball is that they have to play with the scores covered up and that their opponent gets an extra ball. <laughs> and, and something like that happens. They're like, "Well, it just I don't know what happened." Game but if it's like your game ends and some yeah. guys like, "Oh, that didn't even happen." Ha! Ah. <laughs> but if it's, <laughs> if it's the fifteenth tournament you've played that year, then that stuff's actually hilarious. So yes. we are going to do audience. one here. Um, Daniel, Ron, and I are going to run one in Portland. So I'm pretty excited about it. I think yeah, you'll get right. a very, you'll get a, the right crowd for that. Yep. Totally. What, and it was uh, nice to finally meet Carl. I'd never met him before. Yeah, Carl's, at Timber. Carl's terrific. $3 buy-in for yours? Um, I don't know what it's actually going to be. I did I did go. Um, Isaac here in town had a $3 buy-in tournament um, yesterday that I went and started to play in. But I'm doing really bad with the heat this year. So I'm like, it's very hot. I cannot continue to stand here. So I'm glad that I went just to like 
see him and support him and see my friend Mindy for a little bit. And then I was like, okay, I need to go, which he said was totally fine. So I ended up coming last, but he just pulled me out of the tournament because it was a long one, but it was a $3 buy-in, like meant to be a super casual kind of thing, which I very much dig and support and encourage a bunch of people to go to. But um, I wussed out and had to go sit in front of a fan for a while. Well, don't melt. Now you tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hot here too, but we expect the heat. So we have air conditioners and such. So I humidity, humidity plus heat, man, that is brutal. Um, don't what die. What is heat man's superpower? Heat man? Superpower? Or heat man yeah. superpower? Heat. Heat man. Um. He gets hot. Miser, he's Mr. 101. What what are we doing here? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Jeff just said Heat Man and it sounded like a superhero. I said Heat Man. Super villain. Mm, All right, I get it now. It all makes sense. (laughs) Only to me, though. I'm getting a little punchy right now. I I can tell. I thought Heat Man Man was uh, the guy who rooted for for the Miami basketball team a lot. Mm. Could be. All right. These are things that we'll fact check between now and next episode. Yeah. So you're um, you're in charge of that. Okay, just that's fine. I wanted to. <laughs> I think these are, these are all cues for end the episode right now. <laughs> right now. All right, uh, Bowen. Thanks for hopping on with us. It was a pleasant surprise to have you on. Um, also, seriously, I know Jessica said it, and I'm sure plenty of other people have said it, but thank you for all the work you did and do for replay effects and Pinberg. That's even for those of us that don't go, it's a great event. It's so fun to spectate. It's fun to watch the live scoring as it shakes out. It's exciting. It's like watching a big time sporting event. Um, except for it's a little bit different because for a lot of us, we have personal connections with these people or we at least know someone like one level removed. So like, if it's not my friend that's playing, it's my friend's friend or something like that. And again, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, seeing how happy Colin was at the end of that, it was just really, really uh, fun to watch. Very satisfying. I hope Josh gets his major soon because that's that was brutal to see see him take that second. But that's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, oh. But seriously, great event. Yes, 100%. Um, two things I forgot to say. I um, I saw Evan when I was there. And oh, bingo. Yeah. Uh, he, he accidentally on purpose walked into a picture I was taking, so I'll have that up soon, too. Um, but, Jeff. Yes? You, uh, you were still able to collect some prize money. Oh, yes. From Pittsburgh. So, yeah, so the Portland people... Um, put together a little oh. betting pool. On, <laughs> oh. What happened on, to the part where whatever the part where you were gonna end the podcast immediately? <laughs> this 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 is basically the end. This is the high note. This is no, the high note. This is not the high note. <laughs> this is so high, it's Portland high. Like, oh, it's that kind is, of high. Oh no. Um no, the Portland area people put together a pool where you could bet on who was gonna do the best at Pinburg. Uh, I put my five dollars on Jessica, oh. and she won me seventy-eight dollars. How about that? 
All right. Congratulations on those 15 to 1 odds. Oh, God. <laughs> I had to split it. Someone else also believed in her. but Two other people, actually. Two other believers. And one of them's taking me to dinner tomorrow. With um, their winnings? I'm yeah. not buying you anything. That's... <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why I brought this that's up. What you, that's what you think. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eventually Actually, drive you away. So. Um, that was a whole weird thing that I'm not going to get into. But, um, but I appreciate Uh-oh. you being supportive, even though you made the wrong decision in which event to attend. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just going to let you have that one for right now. But as soon as I hit stop recording, <laughs> this will continue. Um, right. I guess there's only one thing left to do, right? Oh, no. Do we have to? We. Thanks for listening to the show. You can email to. the Pinball Podcast at pinballpodcast at gmail.com. Find us yeah, online at the pinballpodcast.com <laughs> on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Snapchat. Check the show notes on our website to see how to support our sponsors and friends of the show. She's not going to say it. This is my least favorite thing ever. Yay, pinball! <laughs> oh, All right, guys. We'll talk Bye. to you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>